0: Hey, I am Hanan.
1: And I am Steluta. And you're listening to the Path to Resilience podcast. Here, we connect you with global thought leaders. You can listen to their stories and learn from their experiences.
0: We are both professional coaches who believe in change, the change that empowers and lifts others. We believe in being authentic. That's why we invite leaders who are comfortable with talking from the heart. We also believe in the power of the mind and how it can improve your health, your relationships, and your performance.
1: Whether you want to make a positive change in your life or upgrade your vision, this is the place for you to be.
0: Thank you for connecting. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Saluta. Good morning, Chris. Good afternoon, Chris.
2: (laughs) Morning.
1: Good morning, Hanan. Hi, Chris. Hi. The topic of this episode today is how to keep things simple with Chris Cook, I will go through uh, Chris's bio and you will be surprised by his achievements. That's such an interesting topic to be talking about, especially yeah. in a, such a complex mm. world in the, that we're living in, in which everything seems to be so complicated. Yeah, so welcome exactly. everyone. Please do write in the comments below where you're watching us from, just to have an idea who's on today. The
0: power of keeping things simple. Yeah, indeed. As humans, we tend to complicate things. I think it's our nature. But there is something great about keeping things simple. And this is what we would like to learn from Chris today. So our guest is a former double Olympian and double Commonwealth champion. After competing for Great Britain, For nearly 10 years, Chris retired from international swimming and began working with businesses, organizations to help inspire, mentor, mentor and coach people to embrace challenge and change for their optimal performance. So, Chris has built a reputation as a motivational speaker throughout the last seven years, sharing his story and the lessons learned from his journey. We would love to hear your story, Chris, And how did you get into this path? I we believe after more than thirty interviews that every story has a reason behind that, and we would love to know more about you.
2: Awesome. So, yeah, I I mean, I can call myself a two-time Olympian now, but looking back, it did start with a very, very straightforward and simple step. I watched. um, I was watching the Olympics in my granddad's house on. I was watching it on TV. And I'm from the northeast of England, as you can tell from the dodgy accent. <laughs> and I watched this guy called Adrian Morehouse win a gold medal for Great Britain and thought, I want to do that. And I remember turning to my granddad at the time and saying, That's what I'm gonna go and do. And it was it was my grandad who said, Well, if you dream big and start small, anything's possible. So I guess that simple message started right at the very beginning of that journey, which was, well, go make a start. Go, go and do it. Don't just talk about it. Um, get out there and do it. And I joined a swimming club, and I remember feeling just petrified, <laughs> just walking into the pool and just seeing these swimmers. If you've ever seen a swimming club session before, they're flying up and down. And First thing I thought, I can't do this. And I remember turning to my parents and saying, I, I, can't, I can't go in there. I'm not going in there. I can't do this. And they were like, well, you we can't do it yet. You know, it's, a, it's a, It changes the sentence when you put that simple three-letter word at the end. And I can't do it turned into, I can't do it yet. Okay, I'll give it a go. And before I knew it, I was, I was there in the slowest lane right at the very back. <laughs> it wasn't a great start, but I, I absolutely loved it. I fell in love with it. And I think this is what we have to do when we're going through our challenges in life is understand what is the challenge and what is your challenge. They're two separate things. So the challenge was to join a swimming club and get started, but my challenge was to overcome the fear of doing it. There's it two very different things going on there. And so, from a really young age, from the age of nine, I, I started to identify that actually that's what I would have to do is just build up the courage little bit by little bit, but it needed action. Well, swimming's like most sports, but the difference is we, we train a lot. You get up 4:30 in the morning. You blast up and down the pool for a couple of hours, um, and I did that day after day. Before I knew it, I was doing that when I was 11, 12, 13. By the age of 14, 15, I was training 13 sessions a week. And you know, some people say, "Oh, you miss out on a lot of things," but but actually, I just made. I didn't make any sacrifices along the way. I made choices. You know, I think that's the difference: is we don't make sacrifices; we make choices. Sacrifices sounds like we've we're being forced to do something. I didn't force myself into <laughs> into a positive situation. I, I I worked my way. And then I guess my defining moment in swimming came when I became double Commonwealth champion and Olympic finalist. And you know I'm you can't see how tall I am. I could lie, but I'm under six foot. <laughs> I'm not I'm not tall enough to be a swimmer. And so many people said, "Oh, you're you're not an Olympian, no way." You know, I go to conferences and they go where's where's the Olympic athlete in here <laughs> <I love that. laughs> and there's me over here but actually that carries such a really strong message because often I start off conferences saying I wasn't tall enough what's your excuse and it get it gets people to kind of stop in the tracks and go oh yeah I'm judging him but that's maybe my judgment not his and yeah so and, and now I speak about that honestly and openly in front of Large audiences and small audiences around the world, and feel very blessed. Feel very, very blessed.
0: Wow! Thank you for sharing your story. I mean, when looking at all your achievements and all your medals and all the things you had to do in the past and the things you are still achieving, I believe mm. that there behind that there are a lot of challenges and there are a lot of obstacles and hurdles. And yeah. what we learned from our guests. Is that each one has his mechanism of uh, mm. overcoming these challenges? So yeah. can you talk about your own strategy uh, mm. or did you have a strategy or mm. how did you cope with that these challenges to keep going?
2: yeah,'ve I've got a handful of strategies that are still used to this day. I mean the, the opening one is keep it simple. You know that I am the coach and speaker who keeps things simple. And I'm seeing organisations transform from the inside out, which is just phenomenal, you know, how they operate on the inside from just that simple message and me coaching within the inside. But the first step, there's three steps for me in in taking on board a challenge. The first one is understand. When, when we listen to understand, it's very different to listening to respond. We've we've all been in that position before when someone's talking and we're waiting to get in, waiting to say something whether we like it or not, we've stopped listening. I know that's hard to hear, but at that point, we've stopped listening. When we listen to understand the challenge, we hear it on a different level. Once we understand it, the second stage is accept it. Accept that where you are is where you are. No blame, no shame, no guilt. I am here and I'm going to start from here. And that's the step I'm going to start with. And if it's Doing a marathon and you can only get to the front gate, do the front gate and back, that's it. Just start where you are, accept it. So many people get to that stage and wrestle against it and fight it and then they never get off the couch. And I think the third one is the thrive. So the first one's understand, second one's accept, and the third one is thrive. What do I need in order to perform at my best? And I see all of these things floating around social media. You should get up at 4:30 in the morning. You must meditate here, and you must do this. It's all this should, 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 should. I say to my clients, don't, don't should all over yourself. <laughs> don't, don't should that everything. Because for me, it, it's about building a process that you believe in that works for you. You know, staying up till 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night is no good for me. I've tried it. I've, I've agonised over it. Going to bed at a sensible time, getting up early and stretching and moving is great for me. That might be your worst nightmare. But when we start to build a process that works for us, that's bespoke to us, that's in tune with our body, that's when we can take off. And it's just having that confidence to learn what do I need in order to thrive? It's a great question to ask.
0: I like that.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing this. It's that's a really interesting process. So it's understanding. Uh what was Accept. the second accepting and then striving, right? right? So I think one of the things that many people at least because we are all coaches here, right? With mm. different backgrounds. I come from the corporate world, so does Hanani, you come from the sports, uh, high performance sports. I think one of the places where people actually struggle is accepting. And I can Mm. I can totally speak for myself, especially in difficult situations when I'm not where I want to be or where my expectations thought that I should be at. I have a problem accepting and I think I'm not the only one, I guess, because I am seeing that around people at people that I work with. Right. So I think acceptance is a big one. If we learn to accept where we're at, Mm -hmm. it's easier to move forward. And we have a comment here, Jez Orbel, one of our uh, viewers today, uh, picked on uh, something that you said, choice is not sacrifices, nice mm-hmm. line. This is true because when we accept, we also have choices in regards to how we move forward. And this yeah. acceptance is, I think is key. Um, you mentioned that the baseline for your, top, uh, for your talks is keeping it simple and you mentioned it a few times here. Can you say a bit more about that, please?
0: Or maybe yeah, how so, we can apply it. Uh, yeah, really yeah, of course, of course. And so. how the audience, how we can apply it in real life.
2: Yeah, so I reached the stage in my career where I was massively overcomplicating it. Um I'd been to uh, the European Championships, I'd been to the World Championships, I'd been to an Olympic Games, and, and there was just there was something more that I couldn't quite grasp that I wasn't doing. And when we're asking that question often the easiest answer is to work harder. And actually I've learned that sometimes in life we have our foot on the accelerator and our hand on the handbrake. And it's not about putting your foot on the accelerator even more. It's about releasing that energy from the handbrake and then eventually realizing there was no handbrake at all, but that's a different level. <laughs> but just at first, just realizing what what's in the way, what's resisting, what's, what's stopped me. and And I was just, I was asked by my sports psych to work out you know what was stressful about my about my career and I just came out with a million different things <laughs> and he said you know hey this is not difficult maybe we overcomplicate it. maybe you only have to swim two lengths of the pool as fast as you can and I was really upset <laughs> I was genuinely upset I thought how could you get this so wrong it, my, my job's tough thank you very much it's it's a little bit more complicated than you're making it. And step into my shoes and find out how I feel. And actually, I, I realized that was just my ego talking. You know, when I when I mention this on stage, I see people go, nice concept, Chris, but it's a little bit tricky for us. We're in law. Sorry, it's a little bit more tricky <laughs> for us. We're in the financial sector. I'm so sorry it's not sport. And, and actually, it's just an ego talking because when you bury down into it, they're just looking for the next more complicated thing to add onto the pile, more, 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 more. So we started to float this this concept past the team of, if everything that we do helped us from two lengths of the pool, is everything helping us? And actually, some of the answers were no. Or some of the answers that came out were, well, well we've always done it this way, or we've done all right so far, why are we throwing everything out? And it, it wasn't that, it was asking, is everything that we're doing actually going to help me do this? Because I thought my job was to win medals. I thought my job was to stand on podiums, to win, to to beat certain times, to break records. Actually, that was a byproduct of something that I had control over. And the thing that I had control over was swimming two lengths of the pool as fast as I could. And this is where it's really changing the game when I'm sharing this with large organizations. Because then we go into the departments and we go, okay, well, how does your simple message help the overall simple message how does finance really streamline everything to help us go in that direction and with the speed of change in our society being so fast now it becomes a no-brainer because this allows this this keeping things simple eliminates the unnecessary so the necessary can speak that's what it does it eliminates the unnecessary so the the necessary can come through and go thank goodness you can see me now And when we get moving on that, that's when things change overnight. And this is not about working harder. This is about taking away the resistance just one bit at a time.
0: Well, living in a simple way, allow us to see the most important things in our lives. Mm. I wonder if our audience managed to do that because sometimes it looks simple, but it's tough. Uh, Sometimes we Applying this is the challenge itself because mm-hmm. yeah, we need to keep things simple. We need maybe to stop sweating the small stuff. So we need to <laughs> give up on perfection, to be yeah. kind to ourselves, be mindful, present. All the things yeah. people, they think is it's one click, yeah. but it's a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. Like, like, uh, being a Olympian also, it, it required a lot of practice. It's yeah. amazing. So uh, I would like to share a comment here. Uh, Thank you, Jess, for sharing that. I have been told by two coaches this year and colleagues to not be too hard on myself. Beating myself up for not being where I want to be is not helpful. I need to start listening. Yes. We need to start listening to ourselves first before (laughs) listening to others. (laughs) Yeah. Being mindful of our thoughts, our... Concerns, our needs is one of the things. It's mm-hmm. part of of keeping things simple. Yeah. Yeah. Steluta, would you like to? Yeah, th- there it's was the something Euro. that I wanted
1: to add. Thank you, Hanan, for picking uh, up on this. Um, you know, for for many, 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 many years, one of the quotes that I was very proud of knowing and identifying with was the the card's quote. I think, therefore, I am. Mm. Right. So I think this um, whilst we like to think about ourselves that are very, we are very smart, and the more we think complex things and you know we understand complex concepts, we are mm. it, it speaks a lot about ourselves. In reality, I think these this strong and powerful quote that lived through so many years and many of us somehow identify with it, actually bring, brought us a lot of anxiety and a lot of mm. suffering. <clears throat> Because it's not about how much we think and it's not about how complex we make things in reality. <clears throat> it's about just being with yourself. And as Hanani yeah. said, being aware of your thoughts mm-hmm. actually, because in, I teach yoga and meditation amongst other things. And in the Buddhist concept, right? They teach you uh, that your thoughts are real, right? But they're not true. So mm-hmm. the more we think and the more we complicate things, we have the tendency to actually Become anxious about these things. And I see Jesse's comment here. It's like beating yourself up because you think so many things and you start creating these scenarios in your head and you complicate Mm. everything and you cannot keep up with it. Whilst Mm. what we all strive for is being. Here, being seen, being heard, being understood, and it is a very simple concept. And we can only see—I can only see you, Chris. I can only see you, Hanan, by being here, not being in my head and in my thoughts, and being so smart about my thoughts and my process, uh, inner process. And that's. uh, This is what I I wanted to add, and um, in. Go on, on, Hannah. Go on, Hannah. Okay.
0: (laughs) No, because I I love uh, what you shared, Chris, because it's very, very deep. And one of the Mm. things that I would like to share with our audience is is to go back to our discussion earlier about how you were worried about sharing your methods with Mm -hmm. your competitors and how you, you, you realized later that you didn't have to worry about that. And I would love to raise this awareness because a lot of people, they compete with others Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. while being together, helping each other can be a win-win situation for all of us. So can you say more, please?
2: Yeah, so in the sport world, you know, this is quite a a normal thing that happens. You know, I, I grew up in an arena where you know, the coach would say, okay, we've done enough work on our front crawl or freestyle swimming. We're going to now spe- split off and do some specialist work. So I was a breaststroke swimmer. So I would go into a lane or two with another breaststroker or two and we'd work together. So from the age of 11, 12, 13, 14, I was working alongside people who I would then get up and race against, which is bizarre, really. And so a so concept that was that was used all the time when I got to the international level, obviously I couldn't do it locally. So then I'd fly around the world and meet my competitors and train and race against them. We, we would do a training camp, we'd go race, do another training camp, go race. When I came into business, it was very much like, oh, hang on a second, I've got my I've got my IP over here. Don't, I can't share this. You, you you keep your IP over there, and it became, it became this legal tussle. And I was like, oh yeah. wow, this is I this feel is that really, too. <laughs> yeah, So it's really divisive, and if you take this off me, and there's this fear factor, and and actually, now I've moved into the coaching space sort of eight, 10 years ago. The, the coaches who I really connect with and the people, the, even the speakers who I connect with on a global basis are all there willing to share. They're the best speakers I've ever crossed paths with. In fact, arguably the best in the world are normally really open to sharing everything, which is odd. And there's a band of people in the middle just fighting, keeping things to themselves. And I can, you can see it in most industries. But actually, when you open up to it, the reason they're really great at it is because they've gone to the market and they've gone. I'm just going to share this stuff and see who sticks, see what sticks. And in many respects, your your vibe attracts your tribe. Your vibe then attracts the right people to come into your experience. And now you're doing not just good business, you're doing business that's in alignment with where you want to go. That's outstanding business. So it it changes the game in that respect. I think going back to what you were saying before about kind of. Going through experiences on a personal level, you know, the, I I was asked a question years ago. You know, what what is what is the thing you're most proud of? And it was it was three years after my career. Someone said, well, "What are you most proud of?" And I paused. And ordinarily, I would go, "Oh, being in an Olympic final, standing on the podium." And I'd give them a, a tangible date. And I went, "Do you know what? The moment I realised that I did that, that was the." That was the best moment in my career I came after my swimming career. When I realized that I was the common denominator, you know, the simple message here is you are the gold. Nothing's lost. If you, if you fail at something, you take it with you, you take your lesson and you turn it into a blessing. And, and I think that is the key is that often we look back over our failures and go, Oh wow. I, I'm just going to fail again at that subtract. I've tried, forget that. You, you got so far now, let's just see how far we can get on the next one and the next one and understand that everything that we go through is building ourselves for the next level. And I think that concept alone starts to take away that kind of that feeling of I must, I should, that blame type of thing. And for me, it works a treat.
0: I like the uh, take the lesson and turn it into a blessing. Yeah. Again, it's simple things, but not Mm. everyone is able today to apply that in real life. We don't think... pick up the lessons because we focus just on on, on the issue, on the problem. Mm. On the... Mm. Go ahead, Chris. We'll...
2: Yeah, I was just going to say that the really simple coaching question is what am I here to learn? And in any given moment, what am I here to learn? What is it that's, that's here for me? It's, if it's truly given to you for a reason, we hear people say this all the time, oh, everything happens for a reason, you know, hear people say it, but then they go back to straight away trying to control everything. And I say, just, just believe in the reason. Believe in the reason you're here. You're meant to be in this little bit of pain because actually it's going to save you maybe more pain in the future. Let's let's learn from it. I remember going into a business transaction with somebody who completely stiffed me over. He took, he took a lot of money. I'm now at the stage now where I can truly say thank you for that experience because I'm a much wiser person because of it. I'm a better business person because of it. At the time i didn't want to thank that person <laughs> for sure. it was awful it, it was it, and i wouldn't want to cross that person's path again in business however it's made me a much better business person i had two choices then i could get bitter and stay there and be really angry at him or i could get better that that was my simple two choices do i want to get bitter or better and it took a little while for me to step across to the better side because i was angry I was like, I, I, I want to have a go at him. <laughs> I want to have my say, but actually, that that was useless. It was useless. And when I stepped across the better side, it was me asking, "What am I here to learn?" I had a vested interest in being taken advantage of. I got to own that, and once I owned that, that's when I started to move through it. And interestingly, my business took off again. It's phenomenal.
0: Yeah. This approach of having two choices was my approach my whole life when I had my own challenges, health challenges, Mm. Uh, when I used to wake up and uh, sometimes I didn't see any positive things around me. But again, I had this choice to take every morning I wake up, either to be angry, confused and depressed or to wake up and make something about it. And that saved really my life. I mean, looking at your achievements, uh, I think at this level, I, I'm just curious to know if you still want to achieve something mm. uh, in the future. Like, what what is the one thing that you still want to achieve?
2: Oh, that's a really good question. I think, for me, uh, now speaking and coaching, and I run my own Learn to Swim business, I've got lots of little goals all around the place, but actually... My my personal goal, my journey of my personal goal is to lay down my best. I love laying down my best. People keep asking me, you know, what was it about swimming that you loved? Because you have to get up at 4.30 in the morning. You smell the chlorine all day. (laughs) You're constantly tired. You tell people I can't come to every party. And people go, and you wanted to do it. Why? And... And actually, when I really got to the core of why I did it, it's because I found something that I loved. I loved swimming, but that wasn't the deep love. The deep love was I loved being able to lay down my best and look back and go, oh, wow, I did that. And next time I could do this. And that's what I connect to now in my coaching and my speaking is, is that feeling of I feel as I've found something again that I can lay down my best and get feedback from. I'm not frightened of feedback you know, at one stage I used to be frightened of feedback and disappear off the stage and just be like, just tell me nice things. <laughs> Where now I'm like, "How? What could I have done that better? Could I have stood in a different position? Could I have used my hands a little bit better? Could I have nailed that message a bit clearer? You know, I'm asking those questions because that's what my drive is. My drive is not to stand in front of thousands and thousands of people. If it's two people, it's two people. I really don't care about the size of the audience. I've got the same mission. Just want to lay down my best. What does that look like? What does it sound like? What does it act like? And and that's that's me now. I love getting to the end of a project and going, wow, I did that. Um, and and again, it's quite a simple thing, but a one that I can measure. It's not measured by the outside world. It's measured by me.
1: And this is such a beautiful thing to have yourself as the person that you measure against, not mm. people and the people's expectations. And I think mm. we all need to remind ourselves from time to time to that when we get into a place where we feel that we didn't accomplish the things that we wanted to accomplish, just to, as Jez said, it's like, Based mm-hmm. on what? Based on our own expectations or based on people's expectations? And sometimes we need to also question our own expectations. Where are they coming from? Are they coming from uh-huh. our own experiences? Do we have the level of expertise, the skills that we, it, we needed to be where we wanted? Or is it just because other people got there in the same amount of time with different experiences and different set of skills? So mm-hmm. this is an awesome, um, some uh, idea that we need to. <clears throat> have in mind all the time, right? Just before we go, uh, Chris, do you have any piece of advice that you want to give to our audience um, before we go?
2: Oh, um, piece of advice. Yeah. I I think there's, there's, there's a reason why everybody's turned up. There's a reason why everyone's listening. And I call it in my coaching, I call it that thing. So there's a ter- there's a reason you've turned up. Let's talk about that thing. What? Why have you turned up? And often people go, I I, I don't know. I'm just want to converse. Okay, there's definitely a reason that thing will come up in your sub- subconscious as we're talking, and it's the same on this 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 podcast now on this live stream. Is what is that thing? It, it, you don't have to answer it outwardly, but you do have to answer it to yourself if you want to move forward. And the key with or the advice that I would be given is do that thing, address that thing, have that awkward conversation, whatever it is, there's a reason you've turned up to the podcast. Do that thing. And when we do that thing, what we start to realize is it's action that takes us to the next level, not trying to problem solve it. <laughs> we think that problem solving is, it, 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 it's an ego thing. That's an ego thing. That's a, my, my brain can solve this problem. It can, but we need to move it first. We need to move into that space first. You know, the last thing I would say is if we truly, honestly, genuinely understood who walked alongside us in life, and I'm talking about that non-physical thing, whatever it is, if we truly knew who walked beside us, fear would be impossible. (laughs) Fear would be impossible. We would step into that space and we'd do something about it. So my last piece of advice is acknowledge, shine a torch of awareness on that thing, the reason you've turned up, and just face it. You'll be astonished at what happens next.
0: Yeah, I believe that the motivation or the awareness to know what we want
2: Mm.
0: it may not be enough because we still need the discipline to keep going. Yeah. And I think you are the right person to talk about discipline because what you used to Mm. do required a lot, a lot of discipline. So how Mm. can you uh, how can people develop this discipline?
2: I think, I think the first part of discipline is coming back a couple of stages and w- w- working out why. We've, we've heard it a million times, you know, Simon Sinek's yeah. um, Start With Why. Y- your why is linked to your inspiration. So what's on the inside? What's driving you? Why did you step into the arena at the first place? And keep it as your North Star. Keep it in the sky, even when you can't see it, it's still there. That's your inspiration piece. So, Inspiration and motivation are, are different for me. Inspiration is what's on the inside, what's driving you that maybe you can't quite put into words. I couldn't quite put into words why it was swimming, but eventually I got the words down the line when I got a bit more wiser and a bit more experience. But that inspiration was always there running in the background and I tapped into that on occasions. Motivation is your reason to move in any given moment. That's fluid, that changes. So motivation for me, some days I'll be honest, I wake up because I've got to wake up and feed my kids. <laughs> some days I wake up and I'm like, I gotta get going because I gotta feed feed hungry mouths. I've got a house, and there are sometimes I'm driven by that. I don't drive towards it. I'm just a bit like, oh yeah, I'm doing this because there's a, another thing reliant on me. So that motivation can come in so many different forms, and it changes. In swimming, sometimes I was chasing a time, other times I was chasing a technical element that I was working on. You know, it, it, it moved, it changed, but the inspiration was always to lay down my best. Can you see where the separation is? So yeah. once we understand those two things, then we can talk about dedication, because dedication is just you regularly turning up and putting action into place. And and I think don't 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 confuse movement with progress is what I'd be saying on that front. You're tapping the progress, real progress. You know, I could run on the spot here, but I don't, didn't, didn't, don't get anywhere. <laughs> I can move on the spot, but it's movement, or I can get up and go and do something and head towards something meaningful. When I do that, I make progress. Mm-hmm. So track your progress, because that's gonna give you that inspiration, that motivation, and and then we link dedication to it. Human beings like to see progress. That's what we like to do. We are progressive animals. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I love that. So if you would like to develop discipline and persistence, start by knowing why you are doing what you are doing. We don't develop discipline because we want to, but we develop discipline because we know why we started in the first place. And this is exactly what keeps me going also. And I think Saluta shares the same perspective.
1: Exactly. And measuring, I think you hit the nail in the head with measuring because there, the, the, I think there is a famous quote in management that says, you know, what gets measured gets managed, right? It's easier. <laughs> and our brains function actually like that. When we see progress, we get that spike of dopamine that keeps us feeling good and motivated to move towards achieving the goals. Okay. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for your time. This was such an amazing and educational session to have. Can you please share with the audience where they can find you if they want to, you know, connect with you, learn more about your work?
2: Yes. Yeah, so my, e- my email address is info at chriscookgb.com. Um, I'm on Twitter, chriscookgb, and you'll find me on LinkedIn. Um, you'll find my smiley face, Chris Cook. <laughs> I'm there sharing all my stuff, all my content, giving it all away.
0: <laughs> Great. And I would like also to thank all the people who join uh, join us. James, Saazdeen, uh, Khutayba, Jess, um, Hafiz. Well, all of you. Thank you so much. Thank you for the, the comments and the support. Thank you, Chris. Stay with us. Don't leave. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then uh, let's meet next week for another episode.
1: Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thanks.